Welcome to Cover Eyes Uncovered. Today we're talking about the video Crazy from Aerosmith from 1994, featuring Alicia Silverstone and Liv Tyler in their musical video debut. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Holly. So I just saw your notes for the episode and there are a lot of them, Mm -hmm. which makes me happy because I really didn't have that much to say about it. And I was like, I hope Holly has a lot to say. And I think she probably will. Everyone remembers this video. It's like so iconic. It's the two hot high school girls in Catholic school uniforms escaping to go on a road trip across the state or the country, wherever they're going. Just being like young and hot all over the place, getting free stuff, getting ogled, finding like a sexy farmhand and skinny dipping with him for a minute, and then going back to do whatever they're going to do. Maybe going back to school. I don't know. Oh, yeah. And they also go to a strip club and do all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now. Baby, 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 baby. Mm. I kept asking myself, would I rather be listening to Livin' in La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin or Crazy by Aerosmith? What do you think? I would say this because Livin' La Vida Loca is like a very earwormy song and you really hate earworms. Mm. Oh, no, I meant for you. Oh, for me? Oh, <laughs> um. oh God. I guess this one. I See, guess crazy. I would go La Vida Loca. I guess that gives you more options for like dancing and having more fun. I I don't know. I'd really probably rather just have silence. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> so I on that note, I take it you're not a fan of Desmond Child. I don't know who that is. Neither do most of the people. That listen to Live in La Vida Loco or Crazy by Aerosmith. But he just so happens to be the writer of both. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why they're both wow. earwigs. <laughs> Whoa, and they both have the word crazy in the title. Oh my God. You- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that when I picked that song. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, well, here's one thing I have to say about the video. I didn't see Clueless until about five years ago. What? Because I hated these Aerosmith videos with Alicia Silverstone so much mm-hmm. that I couldn't even stand it. To, to I just, like, associated her with Aerosmith, and I couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. Because... Aerosmith is my least favorite rock and roll band of all time. I can't think of a time when that hasn't been true. I can see that. Is there something in particular that makes them your least favorite or? Well, now baby, 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 baby. I think I might tell you. Is that a line in the song? Now baby, 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 baby. baby, baby. Yes. Uh, It's the very last line of crazy. Oh, okay. I can't help it. Um, Okay, I don't know. When I was a kid, okay, the only Aerosmith song I could ever tolerate was uh, the one with Run DMC, but that was just because Run DMC was in it. Mm -hmm. 
that did, I was like, who are these gross guys? Like, I want to <laughs> see Run DMC, damn it. <laughs> like, yeah. We were super <laughs> to Run DMC. Definitely. And the Fat Boys. The Fat Boys. The Disorderlies movie <gasps> that they were in. Oh, my God. Maybe we should watch that sometime. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, so I um, that was the only song. All of the other ones, just give me the willies. I don't like it. This video, I just, like, don't even know where to start, okay? Yeah. This video is, like, gross. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, we actually, the last two videos we watched, I was, like, this is so fun re-watching these videos because we ended up having a totally new attitude about both of the, mm-hmm. And we got to talk about Bobby Brown, who's like a really exciting woman. It was great. And I thought, oh, this is fun because I'm like rediscovering things and looking at them from a new angle. Like I have a better attitude about it, right? Like it changed my mind Mm -hmm. in some way. Like cherry pie is like, oh, this is like actually pretty fun. It was. This video is disgusting from start to finish. (laughs) In a way... But the thing that makes it so gross is that a lot of people didn't understand how fucking disgusting it was when it came out. It was like the most popular video on MTV. Oh, definitely. But it starts with a girl in a school pulling her underwear out of her butt from underneath... From underneath her Catholic scroll girl uniform, which mm-hmm. is way shorter than real ones. From there, it flashes to Steven Tyler on stage saying, Call me a baby. <laughs> I know, it's so gross. He looks like he's 80, okay? No ageism here. But ageism in the sense that if you're saying, Come here, baby, to a little girl who's still picking her underwear out of her butt in public, that shows her maturity level, then yeah, I'm going to fucking talk about how you look like your face is melting off. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, that gave me like the willies at the beginning of the video when he said that. I was like, oh, it's like your daughter is going to be in this later. That's the part that's like elephant in the room. Doing. Well, but Sarah, the see, it's okay that his daughter is in the video because he didn't meet her until she was 12. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. Right. I actually heard that whenever this video came out. Because there were a few people going, oh, this is really fucked up. <laughs> What's happening right now? And MTV's like, shh, it's okay. Our quest to make 14-year-old girls sexual objects for adult men must continue. Mm-hmm. And everybody went, oh, okay, it is the Aerosmith music channel anyway. Because it did turn into just them playing Aerosmith all the time in like 93 or whatever. The year mm-hmm. I stopped watching MTV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the reason I stopped watching MTV was these fucking Aerosmith videos. <laughs> really? Yeah. This is how much I don't like these videos. Wow. (laughs) Fucking monstrosity. First off, the song is indefensible on every level. Mm, Okay. According to me, the master of my own mind, 
I find that this song is one of the worst songs ever recorded. Oh my god. I didn't even think that much about the song. It seems pretty like banal or benign, whatever is the right word for it right now. Let's I mean, let's just remove the song from this whole thing. It's really all about the video. Yeah. (laughs) And here is let's get to my next beef with this whole scenario of using teenage girls to make Aerosmith money because the truth of this whole situation is that Aerosmith used hot teenage girls to create a Pavlovian response, if you will, to the viewing public Every time they hear these songs by Aerosmith, they don't like the songs. They don't know the songs. The songs are nothing, right? They're just there, hanging in the ethers, Mm -hmm. trying to latch on. All of these people go, oh, this is a great video. Yeah. You could have put any music to those videos (laughs) and people would have been requesting them on MTV. Could have put like... One of the songs that was automatically programmed into the tiny Casios in the 80s. You could just hit the button and it would play. You could have put that in the background. Yes, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, you're right. It's the videos. It's the videos. They were like, uh, you know, it was like iconic. And everyone remembers them. I mean, literally. Tyler is so beautiful and the people would say that she looked like her dad and I was like she does not look like her dad like what an your tongue. I know yeah so basically he like doesn't even meet her until she's 12 and then he's like oh, okay I've got a daughter and then he's like hmm, she's getting pretty hot what can I do with this <laughs> is that what it's like so was your impression because my impression was hey world my seed is so majestic. <laughs> Look at my hot daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And then they would contrast, like when they're at the strip club in the mm-hmm. video. So, so Liv, the lead singer of Aerosmith's daughter, is pole dancing. And it's like lots of butt, lots of butt shots and stuff. And then it keeps switching between her pole dancing and Steven Tyler singing, wrapping himself around his microphone with all the scarves on it. Right. So what he's doing is getting pervy men who are like around his age, their music demographic, he's getting them to associate him with his hot daughter. Oh. So every time you think of Steven Tyler, you get a little tingly because you're actually thinking of his teenage daughter. Whoa. Wires getting crossed. Big time. Yeah, there's a part where she, like, exactly mimics the moves that he's making, and she, like, pulls her hair back like he's pulling it back at the same time, and it's like, 
Okay. Is he just like a complete narcissist? Well, um, I just so have happen to have some quotes here, Sarah. Okay. Um, I'm not going to diagnose anyone. <laughs> Nor am anything. I. I am not a serious professional in any capacity. Here's one thing he said. God. Loving and I love it. I can feel the silence. <laughs> <laughs> it's your friend. I feel like, see, I have a few quotes because I feel like this is a man who really can speak for himself. Of himself. <laughs> exactly. These girls. I had some friends in high school who liked this. This is like a few years after the video came out initially. Mm-hmm. Um, they really liked this video and they were lesbians and they liked it because they thought that the two girls in the video were lovers and that they were just like taking advantage of all the guys because they actually didn't need the guys. Yeah, I could totally see that. There's some implication of that, like when they're at the strip club and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, they don't actually do anything with the farm boy whenever they pick him up. They actually just trick him. Mm -hmm. So they're just tricking all of the men in the video. They're pulling a prince on him. (laughs) He's Apollonia. (laughs) They leave him naked. (laughs) Near a body of water. Oh, my God. They're totally pulling a prince. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All these connections. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so so there's that angle Mm -hmm. that i've certainly heard and i know a lot of women who really like uh this video and felt like it was somehow like uh empowering for them yeah but when i watched it as a teen, I felt violated because those old guys in the video that are just leering at them and mm-hmm. and not just the old guys, but like all the guys, the guys that are leering at them, like that attention in real life did not feel good to me as a teenager. It felt threatening and I felt like I had to put up... Um, masculine boundaries that weren't really who I felt like I was, but I felt like I had to put them up. And so like, I can get really macho because of guys like that old dude that is watching her pump the gas in the video. Yeah. Those guys made me a man. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm not a man, and I and I don't feel particularly comfortable being a man, but I can fucking be one if I need to be. And it's because of getting treated like the girls in this video when I was a teenager. And it didn't feel empowering. It felt threatening. So when I saw this video, it just pissed me off as a teen. And when I watch it now, I just think about, Steven Tyler's history with teenage girls. <laughs> mm. 
which I didn't know about any of that then. Back then, mm-hmm. I was just like, ew, this video is gross. It's just reminding me of like how gross it is to be out in public. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm sure most females or people who identify as female can identify with that feeling of just being leered at even when you're not when you're not wanting to (laughs) sometimes you want to be leered at but um when you're not and there are just men surrounding you looking at you like an object or a piece of meat like that's not a good feeling yes I think a lot of us can identify with that I have to say that um I think when I saw it as a teenager I didn't I just felt like yeah I get that I get that feeling like when she sees the old man looking at her and she just laughs and was like, oh, God, this is gross. And it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah. So I like identified with that feeling. And I did think that it was kind of cool because they seemed kind of just like a Thelma and Louise kind of vibe. Like they were just rebels out doing their own thing and using their feminine wiles to make it in the world. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't get taken advantage of they used what they had in a way that they knew would benefit them and they still say like safe and still stayed like within their own boundaries and, mm-hmm. and their own power you know so I do think it's actually kind of cool the only thing that is really and it just shows like it's showing how yeah when you are like young and attractive you're going to get leered at and it's gross and then maybe you can just sometimes take and use that to your advantage and like it's going to happen so you might as well learn how to like deal with it as you move through the world and sometimes make it work in your favor Mm -hmm. and then but yeah the gross part is that it's his daughter and that it's teenage girls that are like being super sexualized while showing what it feels like to be super sexualized but then still being super sexualized (laughs) yeah if this video was attached to a band in their early 20s it would have a totally different vibe to it the fact that it's a guy who is old literally old enough to be the star of the videos the sex object father because he actually is her father is like i don't understand how nobody noticed this when it came out yeah no one really talked about it like you said a few people mentioned it but then it was just kind of like justified by the fact that you know he really isn't her dad because he didn't raise her for most of her life and it's like it's still genetically her dad and she still knows him as her dad so it's so gross sorry but it's just rock and roll where there's no boundaries in rock and roll that's the point of rock and roll the other thing that is really weird is that steven tyler got legal custody of a 16 year old girl when he was 27 and then lived with her and then now he has a facility for abused teens. Um, yeah, I just remember seeing that in that article thing that was going around recently. I had no idea about that. And then you said that you knew about some like disturbing history with him and 
teenage girls. So this is a guy on American Idol, which I didn't see, but I saw the clips that these two clips. There's a 15 year old named Shannon on the show and her dad's there. And he asks Tyler, how's Beantown? And Tyler responds, great, beautiful, hot, humid, and happening. Yeah, just like your daughter. Ew. He was 63 years old at the time. Oh, oh my goodness. What did the dad do? <laughs> um, he just got really awkward. And then they like, yeah. somebody else, like one of the other hosts said something to like change the topic. Because everything just like got really quiet and everybody in the audience <laughs> was like, what the hell is happening right now? Like you could you could feel like the energy dropped like uh, it was like a record scratch. Another, look that up. <laughs> another time uh, to a 16 year old girl on American Idol, Jennifer Lopez said, I love the skirt to the girl. And then Tyler jumps, Steven Tyler jumps in with just the right amount of showing. That's nice. Oh my God. He is 63. <laughs> so. <laughs> Your impression is dead on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh. About the Janie's fund that he started for sexually, for like abused teenage girls. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Yes, this is a direct like quote from Variety. For Tyler... Having such close interaction with the girls is not only gratifying, but he feels it's a natural succession from being on stage. Being a lead singer of a rock and roll band, it's crucial because I love the attention. What? Tyler reveals, I love being a lead singer and I love being a rock star. So when they say I can do this and be hands-on, I think, well, <laughs> I'm doing all that up on stage. What if I can be involved in this, but for real, real? Oh, my God. What does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> I think he just heard hands-on in Teenage Girls and was like, yes, here's the checkbook. I'm a rock star. <laughs> um... This is like such a loose association between being a rock star and running a charity for girls. I mean, (laughs) what is happening? The fact that his response, you start a charity, (laughs) it's usually because you love the attention. I do love that he just admitted it. It's true. I was going to say, I respect the honesty, at least, (laughs) even though it's horrible. Oh, it gets better. There's more... (laughs) Referring to his own financial hurdles as a member of a successful rock band that's seen more than its fair share of lawsuits and money quibbles, Tyler adds, 
I've not been sexually abused, but I've been raped by the music business and certain managers. Oh my God. He's saying that in reference in this article that's about sexually abused teenage girls. That he's helping to house. My gosh. Yes. Also in this article, there was no mention of um, Julia Holcomb who was the 16-year-old girl that he adopted, essentially, back in... Huh. So here's my thing. This is actually why I'm, like, brought any of this into the picture. When I looked up uh, Steven Tyler or Janie's house, the articles make no mention of the comments that he very recently made on American Idol or about his history with a particular girl. And it's like, isn't that interesting? If he didn't make those comments on American Idol, I could be like, oh my God, he was like really fucked up on drugs and made really terrible decisions and then realized how terrible it was. And now he's like redeeming himself. Like I could totally buy that. I don't, I I have good feelings about people i i generally think people are good you know he's he's doing drum circles and shit with these girls should we just call right now (laughs) yeah (laughs) now didn't he fall off a stage a while ago and have like a head injury maybe he's got traumatic brain injury and that could explain some of this i know that he has admitted to ingesting at least $6 million worth of drugs, worth of, like, illegal drugs. I mean, is he keeping an account book? (laughs) How does he know how much money he has, like, a ledger (laughs) of, like, maybe he did. Today bought $3,000 worth of cocaine, and he just keeps, like, a running tally. (laughs) Maybe the coke made him, like, really into keeping track of all of his spending. Maybe. I don't know. Excessive drug use and um, head injury are, like, the best explanation for this behavior. No comment. That was terrible. (laughs) Do you want to move on to a listener letter now? Yes, please. Something else. (laughs) I feel like we need a palate cleanser. Yeah. And I can't get love in an elevator out of my head now. Oh, gosh. Hi. I'm sorry. Um, let's see. I think Je- I think Desmond Child wrote that one, too. Desmond, Desmond, Desmond. What a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So this letter is from one of the questions that we asked from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, oh, when we asked about, have you ever taken advice from a friend that you, you thought was like wise in the ways of the world and like skilled at love and you took their advice and it actually turned out to be terrible because they weren't any of the things that you thought they were. And this is kind of an example of that. So this person says, it says, my friend's advice. Hello, Sarah and Holly. Ever since I was a little girl, I've dreamed about my wedding. I know, and it really is that I love parties. I see that now. (laughs) He just wants the party. (laughs) 
I see and that now. Weddings are fun parties. <laughs> Expensive parties. Uh, uh, okay, I see that now. In college, I met Dave. I thought, you know, it's the guy. He's going to look great in wedding photos. <laughs> That's definitely how you should choose your mate for <laughs> How well they photograph for your wedding album. Um, oh he's perfect. We dated for a year. My friend Cynthia would often ask if he'd proposed to me yet. No, I'd say. And she'd say things like, hmm, I wonder what he's hiding out of out of the blue. She'd say oh. that. Hmm, I wonder what he's hiding. Hmm. Hmm, Sarah, I wonder what he's hiding. Mm. Cynthia seemed very sophisticated to me. She practically raised herself and knew everything about men. She had guys lined up to date her. This sounds like a Sweet Valley High book. Or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, After a year with no proposal, I thought for sure he'd do it on our anniversary. I got upset when he didn't, but it wasn't the end of the world. We were still in college after all. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're still in college. But when you're in college, I mean, I remember my college boyfriend. I was like, I actually thought, like, I think there were times when I thought I hoped he would like propose to me, which is <laughs> crazy. And thank God, I did not. <laughs> thank, thank God. <laughs> I think I told you like he gave me a promise ring kind of thing, and I was just like, mm, no. And then I just returned it and <laughs> used the money to buy clothes. <laughs> like, I want a promise ring. That's weak, you know. That's super weak. Yeah, it's just like taking me off the market <laughs> with no commitment and like no benefit for me. <laughs> you might as well um, get a Letterman's jacket. Exactly. Actually, that'd be more useful. <laughs> yeah, at least it keeps me warm. <laughs> um, okay. We were still in college after all. So she was like upset that he didn't propose on her anniversary, but it wasn't the end of the world. Cynthia found out though. And she convinced me that I needed to give him an ultimatum. Either marry me or I love you. <laughs> That's good advice. I know someone that did this. I don't oh, know. really? Maybe it works for some people. Yeah. She was basically like, he needs to propose to me. I better get a ring this Christmas. And she like picked out the ring and everything. And it's like, this seems super romantic. (laughs) You picked it out, you know, it's coming and you're basically forcing him to do it. Whatever works for you. I better get a ring for Christmas. (laughs) A big old diamond too. (laughs) If I don't get a ring for Christmas, it's quits for me and you. Oh my God, that was cute. Did you just do that? Yeah. <laughs> Spur of the moment. I like it. Yeah, it's my it's the only Christmas song I've ever written. Marry me or I leave. I told Dave and um Dave said he'd never want to marry anyone who gave him an ultimatum. Mm. Smart man. <laughs> Smart man, Dave. Mm-hmm. Um Cynthia wasn't very sorry about her advice. She said, that's how her mom and dad got married. (laughs) I love that voice you did. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, After that embarrassment, I decided not to give people ultimatums ever again. I'm still not married either. (laughs) See, you've got to give them ultimatums or you're going to be single forever. See, I think that... Never give anybody an ultimatum. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you're just going to be a spinster. <laughs> I know. I'm going to be a spinster. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're already married. <laughs> um, yeah. Never get ultimatums ever again. I'm still not married. By the way, the pod is great. One thing, though, your episodes are better when you don't like the movie. <laughs> what do you think about that? Are you, you asking me? Yeah. What do you think about oh, that? Oh, geez. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess to... I didn't really, th- I don't really think about it much. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I think about what we're doing, then it'll mess up when we watch the next movie because every movie is different. Right. So I feel like it's all just dependent on the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she asks, I was also wondering if you guys ever disagree with each other. Thanks for the great show. Do you think that we should disagree about whether we disagree? I don't think we should. <laughs> I think we should disagree. I disagree. <laughs> I think we should disagree about it. <laughs> Um, I don't really think that we do. We don't really. I think we just kind of like bounce ideas back and forth yeah. and then come to an agreement. I think yeah. we're usually on the same page. Yeah. You know, you know what I've noticed, and it's probably part of the reason that we still hang out after all this time, is mm-hmm. that we're good at synthesizing together. I notice like you'll have parts of ideas, I'll have parts of ideas. I'm sure that in there, there's like pieces where I'm like, I'm not sure about that. And there's times you're like, I'm not sure about that. (laughs) But through discussion, we come to this other conclusion that's a synthesis of the ideas that we were throwing around. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Um, That was from Stacey Q. Oh, that's that cute. sounds like an '80s pop star or something. Doesn't it? <laughs> it's a maybe she's got that. Maybe she's got that Christmas song. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Stacy. I don't think it's great to give an ultimatum because it's like the reaction you get is not going to be as sincere or genuine. It's going to be like under duress. Yeah, you're making a decision under duress. It doesn't hold up in court. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the um, real world equivalent of putting a love spell on somebody. Because it's like, you could do it, but if it works the way you think you want it to, that whole time in the back of your head, you're going to be wondering how real it is. How deep is his love? Mm-hmm. Does she really mean it? Just wait for it to happen naturally. You'll both feel better about it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever given anybody an ultimatum? Um, no, not like relationship-wise. Maybe other ways, but... Yeah. Yeah. I did. What? As one of my boyfriends in college, it was, if you don't quit punching me, 
<laughs> well, I'm going to leave you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there are some cases where ultimatums are acceptable. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah, see, I stand corrected. I said <laughs> ultimatums were never good, but... <laughs> Never say never. <laughs> That's right. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Cynthia. I mean, uh, Susie. Stacy Q, Stacey. not Susie Q. <laughs> Susie Q. Sorry. I hope you don't mind if um, I come out with a fake Christmas song in your name. <laughs> cool. Let's wrap wow. this up. Yeah. I hope that all is well for everyone who's been ogled while you're pumping gas. Yeah. An ocular fondling. Mm. An <laughs> ocular fondling. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. Okay, bye. Good evening. <laughs> bye. Good evening. <laughs> <laughs>